I do want to um, just pray quickly. I just heard um, there was a school in Mindanao that um, Mindanao is a part of the Philippines, and we've been doing some mission projects there. And a school that we actually visited a few years ago, and apparently there was a 6.9 earthquake there, and the school collapsed, and uh, several children died in that school. And I just want to pray right now for them, and we have a connection to them, and the, and the Lord will be at work. Lord, we just lift up the people of the Philippines, especially Mindanao, and the children and the families that were affected by this terrible earthquake. Lord, we pray for comfort for the parents and the siblings and the friends of these children that died. And Lord, we ask that you just move in this time of great loss and grief and tragedy. Pray that you'd be present. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd be with the school going forward. And what, are they, what do they do? And the kids recovering from this trauma. Um, we don't understand the details. We don't know all that they're going through. But we know that you're there, that you see what's going on. You know intimately all that they're feeling and dealing with. And pray that you'd be present. And that somehow, Lord, that you would be lifted up. That they would know that you're a loving God who cares for them. And that you catch all their tears in a wineskin. Um, you know their pain. And I pray that they bring their pain to you today as you're the father of all comfort. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want you to uh, finish this statement in your own head. If God loved me, he would... What would he do if he loved you? If God loved me, he would. If it were up to you, what would you expect a loving God to do for you? Um, A few of us went to um, the mall yesterday to do our... We bless people with M&Ms and chocolate candy bars and let them know it's God's. It's, it's not the shoppers, it's the retail workers. And say, here's some pick-me-up for the Christmas holidays when you're working so hard. And So we were doing that at the downtown mall yesterday. And I finished giving away my chocolate first, so I had some time to kill. And so I'm walking around, and I noticed a kiosk worker sitting there. And I thought, hey, yeah, I got this question that I wanted to ask people this week, and I didn't get around to it. So I went up to her. I said, can I ask you a question? She said, yeah. I said, okay, I'm giving this talk on Christmas tomorrow. And, and so finish this sentence. And it was what I just told you. If God loved me, he would what? And she thought, she said, he would help me. He would help me. Okay. So we had a little more talk after that. But let, help me in what way? You know, what would he do? Would he give you the perfect parents if he loved you? You'd have both your parents, and they would always say the right thing, and they'd be there to comfort you, and they'd be there to protect you and provide for you, and, you know, they just, they would nurture you, and they would just feed into your life. They'd feed your, you know, just parents, both of them. Oh, that would have been great. That would have solved so many of my problems if my parents were just perfect. Or I would have the perfect job. I have this career that it, 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 it just, I didn't mind going to work on Monday morning. I mean, I enjoyed my job. I liked what I did. It paid me a lot of money. I could afford a mortgage here in the, in the North Bay in Santa Rosa. You know, I, I, it would have a good retirement benefits. It would have good health benefits. I would love my boss and all my coworkers. We'd all get along. It would just be great if I had a job. God's love would be on me if that was the case. Or I'd find the perfect spouse, husband, wife. You know, somebody that got me, somebody that listened to me, somebody that had the same values, the same faith, um, 
somebody that was in it for the long haul, a perfect spouse. Or God would, uh, I, I know God loved me if he gave me great health. As someone has said, one, an aging NBA athlete recently said, health is wealth. So he's, he's getting ready for his career to end. He's just glad he's healthy. You know, you can have a lot of money, but what if you can't, you can't enjoy that money if you're not healthy? Right? He's like, well, I'm stuck in my house. I can't go on a cruise. I can't tour Europe. You know, so if I just have great health, that would be God's way of showing me love. Or you say, well, no, I really need a sound mind. Because if you don't have a sound mind, how, you can't do anything with your health. I want to be able to, you know, to all the way, all my life, I want to be able to remember details. I want to be able to make sound, good decisions. I want my brain to work. All right. Or other people say, you know what, I would love it if God would just get rid of the pain in my body. And I did not feel any pain. That would be his sign of his love for me. Or, you know, just help my family get along. What is it for you? If God loved me, he would. Good news. God does love you, and God has answered that question. Now, he's answered that question, interestingly, in a way, in the same way for every human on the face of the earth. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. It does not matter. Everybody has the same answer from God on that question. If God loved me, he would. And here's the other thing. I think aside from revelation, if, if God didn't reveal it to us, I don't think any of us would answer it the way that God answers it. Because in our limited understanding, in our, in our blindness, spiritual blindness, we don't know what's best for us. And so actually, some of you know the answer to this question. Some of you know the answer. Um, but some of you don't. But it is the, it, and I, as I thought about it this week, I thought, yeah, I would not have answered the question this way. The way that God answered it in the Bible. So I was talking to the young lady at the mall. And she said, well, how would you answer it? I'm like, hey, good comeback. I like that. I like that. Oh, mm, good. And uh, most people, when I ask them questions, they don't do that. They don't come back at me. And so uh, I said, well, I would answer it. God would give me his son. But I, I said, I kind of got that out of the Bible. Have you ever heard of John 3.16? I said to her, yeah, I've heard of it. Do you know what it says? No, I don't know what it says. Can I quote it to you? Yeah. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If God loved me, he would give me his Son, so that I could believe in his Son and have everlasting life. Christmas time is a time of God's love, where he showed his love for us by giving us the thing that was most precious to him so that we could have the thing that would be most needful for us and that's everlasting life. Um, From God's perspective, who knows better than anyone what we need, there's no greater need any of us has than the gift of the Son, Jesus Christ, who gives everlasting life to those who believe in him. So that tells us that eternal life is really, really, really important. I mean, if you get one thing out of life, 
you and I need to get eternal life. That is the one thing. You think, God's going to show his love, this great God, and what does he do? He gives us his son so we can have his life. That's what it boils down to. So what is it about everlasting life, eternal life, that is so um, needful, that, that is primary for us? And if you want to write these down, I've got some notes there. But let me mention several things. This isn't the end all this, but there's just some things that I could think of, of why eternal life is the big need. Okay, first of all, it's the only thing that spans the present and the future. Of all the things that we can think of, you know, the things I mentioned, health, wealth, great career, great marriage, great parents, all of that, no pain in my body, you know, all of that, it's going away. But not eternal life. Jesus said, he's praying to his father, he says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true father, in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So when does eternal life begin? It begins when you come to know God through Christ. That's when it starts. It's intimacy, it's a personal knowledge of, of a, through a relationship with God in Christ. So when a person makes that decision, their eternal life has begun on earth. It's in the present. And then it spans on into eternity forever. And all the other things, they eventually come to an end. Eternal life also, number two, provides the best quality of life, which we often look for in relationships or in money. Let's read that scripture up there. Therefore... Since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So faith is like belief. When you have that faith, you have peace with God because you've been made right with God through your faith in him. You now can have peace with him. Okay, you can now have well-being. So think about the quality of life. You know, we find this quality of life. A lot of times we're looking for a quality of life in relationships or money. And often we don't find it there. Or we get that sense of being loved with eternal life. Because when you come to know God, who's love, you get to know his love. We get security with God. God's presence is with us even in the valley of the shadow of death. And we get peace. There's wisdom and there's guidance there. Eternal life is like your one-stop shop. If we just went for the little things... The one thing, you know, the relation, the, the, the marriage or the parents or the money, you know, that would, that's too little. Our minds are too small to understand how vast our need is. God says, I know what you need. You need eternal life, and I'm going to just provide it for you through my son. And you get all of these things uh, included in a relationship with him. And then number three, eternal life promises us an eternal home. Let's read what Jesus said in John 14, 2. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? Think about it. There's no homelessness there. We're dealing with homelessness, right? We've got our homeless encampment out there on Highway 12. A lot of homelessness. It's crazy what's happening. I went for a run uh, this week, and I run in the dark in the morning, and it was kind of drizzly. And um, I'm on the Joe Rodata Trail, and I'm going, and... And I'm, I'm coming to this place where I have these headlights in my eyes from a truck across the street. 
I'm going, okay, now it's a little harder to run. And then all of a sudden I see this other light coming. It's a single light. I'm going, oh, that looks like a bike coming at me. So I've got those lights and i got that. And all of a sudden my leg brushes up against a branch. And I'm going, okay. Can I? And then I got to a point with the bike coming at me, I just could not see. I'm like blind. And I stop. And the bike goes by me. And when he goes by me, I look up. And I mean just... Three feet away is this giant trailer blocking the entire bike path, loaded with garbage this tall. It was like 10 feet long, five feet wide. I was this close from just going right into it. I mean, this this is a strange time. The things that are happening out on the trail. You know, we're dealing with it. It's it's, it's like maybe Santa Rosa's number one problem right now. Well, think about it. Eternal life, there's no homelessness. He's going to build a home. Everybody will have a home. It won't be too expensive. We'll have to pay anything. Rent free. Isn't that great? Your mortgage is paid off. I mean, think about this. We talk about eternal life. You think about the headaches people have of living in the Bay Area. It's crazy. Even people living in the Silicon Valley, we have the great jobs. They're, they, they don't even last that long. 50%, like 50%, they have such a high turnover rate in the Silicon Valley. People come here and make money, they move back to where they can afford to live. It is nuts. And here God is saying, listen, I love you. I want you to have a home. I'm going to take care of it. When you have a home, you have families. That's where families live. So this gift of life creates a family for anyone who believes. Orphans? What about the child who's an orphan? Is there no hope for them? No, there's eternal life. He's got a home. How about the kids raised in the foster care system right now? Those kids need to know, hey, you can have a home. There's a home when you have eternal life. The man who's lived his entire adult life on his own, he's got a home. It covers every person who's ever fallen in the cracks and left out a family or a caring community. Eternal life satisfies that heart hunger to have community and to have a place to live. I was with my grandson, one of my grandchildren's name is Isaiah. He's eight years old. We were back. He lives in Michigan with his four siblings. There's five kids in the family. And uh, it was Thanksgiving. And we were sitting, we were at the dining room table. It was just him and me talking. And he said, you know, I don't need anything for Christmas. I just need my family. I'm like, oh, that's so good, Isaiah. (laughs) That is so good. I just need my family. And God said, I know. I love you. I'm giving you one. That's what eternal life is about. Eternal life is this giant safety net when all other systems fail in our life. You and I could find that great career, that great spouse, that great family, that key to physical and mental health. But, God, but at some point it's going to break down and it's going to go away. Like Jesus said, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? If we have everything in this world except eternal life, the day we die is the day eternal disaster begins. Jesus said, so they may not perish. Unbelief leads to perishing. Unbelief leads to perishing. It's a bad deal. Belief leads to everlasting life. On the other hand, 
We could have nothing in this life. We could spend our whole life. We could be homeless. We could be living in a studio apartment our whole life. We could have like we're poor. We don't have much in the way of relationships. But if we have this one thing of everlasting life, then the day we die, we get everything. The question a lot of times is, you know, do we believe that? That if you have the sun, you get it all. If you have the sun, you get it all. So imagine the changes eternal life makes to your less than perfect life. And if we really take it in, we think deeply about life, how this can reduce the stress and anxiety that people have and young people growing up today. You know, I remember, I remember my parents bought a house for $30,000, 2,300 square foot home, Camarillo, California, two-story, brand new, stucco, you know, multiple levels, beautiful home. It was like 32000 bucks for that house, what you pay for a car, a mid-sized car. My mom sold it for half a million. You, and when you're my, my generation, we're like going, that's not fair, you know? They got in, now we're, what a house when we're buying them, you know? Oh, it's over 300000 and now that's cheap, you know? And so we have young people coming in today, and they're wondering, well, how am I supposed to make it? You know, my parents and grandparents, they have it, but how can you even afford a place today? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing. And so we have this distress and anxiety. But we need to remember, think deeply about this one simple truth. If we believe in Christ, we have eternal life. And if you have the Son, you have it all. I know there's... Uh, For example, you have the dream home, never materializes. you got to remember, you have a home in heaven, which is better than any house you could ever imagine. I believe that. Do you believe that? The Beverly Hills uh, mansion in the Beverly Hillbillies, you know that old show, that iconic show from the 60s, it recently sold for like $150 million. And that's dropped down the price from like $350 million. $150 $150 million for the Beverly Hillbillies mansion. Well, that's not even close to what the heavenly home is going to be like. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place. I'm building it. And remember, he was a carpenter. He knows how to build. He's good. He's building. If you never meet that guy or girl of your dreams, you'll have healthy relationships in God's family that fulfills that desire for intimacy. And the life is not based on the fact that whether or not we can marry that's not the end all. In fact, singleness was held up. You read 1 Corinthians 7. Paul Ella, he says that singleness is a very good option for a believer. If the perfect job never lands in your lap, you'll have the power to persevere in a so-so, hum-hum job with the hope of reigning forever in heaven and in the new earth. The Bible says we're not sitting, I've said this before, we're not just going to heaven to sit on clouds and strum harps like little chairs with little wings on their back. We're going there to have a purpose and a mission. It says we will reign forever with him. We will have something to do in the new heaven and the new earth. And so if our careers don't pan out the way we like them, that's okay. Because we've got something to do in eternity that's going to be fabulous. If your health breaks down, when you have eternal life, healing is possible. Even better than that, the resurrection body is coming. And that body will never break down. There'll be no arthritis. There'll be no knee replacement or hip replacement surgeries. There'll be no failing brains. None of that is going to happen. No disease. 
If your dreams never get beyond the fantasy stage, God knows you and has something so much better for you. You know, to me, eternal life just makes all of the disappointing and bad stuff in life go away. And in the end, you get everything. And that is so comforting. That's just like, you know, I can, I can put up with some disappointment in this world. It's all right. I really, you know, I just, do you believe that? You know, I know people have uh, struggles with belief. I, I asked the young lady. I said, um, after I said, have you ever believed in Jesus? She says, well, I was raised in a Christian family, but I haven't. I said, well, what gets in the way? She said, um, he let me down. I said, oh, how'd he let you down? She said, well, he lets bad things happen to good people. And so we talked a little bit about that. And so uh, an idea in the head of this young lady is keeping her from putting her faith in Jesus, which could give her eternal life. And it's a thought in her head that's really distorted. Not realizing, you know, if God made us do everything. It's like people expect God's um, omnipotence, his all-powerful nature, to be able to handle every problem. But if he was omnipotent and he, he didn't allow us to even make decisions on our own, then we'd be, all be robots. Having to do what he says so that we do the right thing without any choice. But God said, I want to give you choice. Choose to love me. I made you unlike the animals. You're made in my image. and I'm giving you a choice. And with that comes the ability to make the wrong choice. And with the ability to take the wrong choice means you can open Pandora's box. Sin. And that's how sin and evil was released on the earth. And I tried to explain that to her. But there can be a multiple other things. Why don't we believe? Why don't we just trust him here? Um, what is it that gets in the way? And I know things do. So what I want to do this morning... Because, you know, you need to know God really loves you. You know, we're doing Tuesday, Tuesday morning. We've got a really sad thing happening. We've got a memorial service. And uh, it was a young man. Uh, the family moved to Nevada about a year ago. And this young man was killed in Nevada. He's 22, 23 years old. And he started off in Happy Time Preschool. And the family wants to come back from Nevada. And they want to have the memorial where his life began. And you know, you think about that. Any time anybody ever loses a child, it's like the worst thing that can happen. Any parent will say, I would rather die than my child have to die. It is the saddest thing. So think about that. And God the Father said, I willingly choose to let my one and only son die for you so that you can be with me. That's amazing. That's what he's done. I mean, if, folks, you ever question that you're loved? Can, just remember that. The God of the universe allowed his son to die for you. That, that there is no question of whether or not you're loved today. And the big question for us is, will we believe and receive what he has for us? So what we're going to do, I want to just you bow your heads. I, I want you to think, uh, if, if you don't, if you struggle with this, to believe, but you would like to believe, I want to pray for you that God would give you faith, okay? 
And pray this too as well. Um, Lord, I, I thank you. This is amazing what you've done. We really can't fathom um, the creator, the holy God, who would send his son to a rebellious planet to live, to be abused and mistreated, and finally die this brutal death on a cross for us because you loved us. So that we could believe and receive eternal life. But Father, we as flawed human beings, we often have a hard time with faith. So I pray, Lord, today for faith. Faith to believe that it's true. Faith so deep that it'll help us to, to kind of ratchet down our anxiety and our fears when things aren't working out quite right. Because when we have the sun, we have it all. And to rest in that. So Lord, I pray for the gift of faith. Um, help us to believe. And if you've never actually put your faith in Jesus to be your Savior and your Lord, I just want to ask you, is anybody, anybody like that right now? If you would just stand up where you are. Anyone like that? Just want to stand. Just wait a minute. Father, I pray as we go from here um, that our, we would just be delighted at what you've done. I mean, when the angels were announcing the, the Christ child's birth, they were, they were like so happy. The people were scared when they encountered these angels, but your messengers were saying, oh man, joy is coming to the world. It's coming. So, Lord, I pray for joy in our lives, just believing this. Just taking some of the weights off and some of the uptightness. Just being able to trust you. Because we believe when you have the Son, you have it all. And we're loved. We don't have to strive or do anything, perform or achieve or get great grades on our, in our report cards. God, we just need to believe what's, what you've done. So, thank you. And we we are so glad that you've come for us. Thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to do one more thing. Uh, One other thing. If you want prayer this morning at the end of the service, you can do that. But we do want to receive an offering. And this offering is our Christmas offering. And the reason we're doing this is so that we can bless our our city, the city of Santa Rosa. Uh, We want to bless um, the YWCA there's a, minister, there's a service to uh, youth, youth advocates uh, down on Hoenn Avenue called Say. And it's like the only such agency north of San Francisco in the state of California. It's right down the street. Um, and, and, and it's a way of like when, when the Israelites were exiles in Babylon, Jeremiah the prophet told them to seek the peace and prosperity of the city. So try to make Babylon thrive, you know. And, and so we're here to try to make... Um, Santa Rosa thrives. So I want to give you a chance to do that, to bless our city. 
to open hearts. You know, things are changing in our city. Doors are opening, like we said, Brook Hill Elementary. But not only that school, but many elementary schools are opening to the churches. In our, and that's a new thing, folks. It hasn't been open, and it's changing. Things are changing in our city. We want to step through those doors. So if you want to give any amount today, do that. It's going to go outside of us and also maybe to help somebody here as well in our own congregation. So we can have the ushers come forward. We'll do that. Um, and I want to pray over this offering. Father, I pray that, um, that as we give today, the gifts that are given from here would make an impact to make you look good, to bring glory to you, to let your name become famous in our city. It's kind of like this young lady. She knew the scripture, John 3, 16, but she didn't know what it said. So I pray, Lord, that this, this, little, this gift would help people to get to know you better uh, and opening hearts. And I pray your blessing on everyone who gives and uh, in Jesus' name, amen. And one more thing, board meeting at the piano right after church this morning. God rest God bless you. Have a great week. Lord be with you.